0: This is live from the convent and today we're going to have a story from Nulani Quinvertig. She was especially influenced by the podcast about the spiders last week. And she remembers a woman who could produce something on demand like a spider will produce silk and she made the very brave decision to share this highly classified story with us called parkour discharge woman i hope you enjoy i used to live in chicago in my 50s when my life was really taking shape it hadn't up to that point. I was only a young. And in the winter, oh, it would get very, very, very cold. And what would happen to me in the cold is I'd actually sweat more. It's a very unusual physical condition that I have. But I had an ex-boyfriend who loved it. He used to love it, so he did. Anyway, I bust open the window, and I couldn't believe what I saw one of the nights. There was what looked to me like Spider-Man, but it wasn't. There was no uniform. There wasn't the blue and the red And I thought to myself, that person is stuck to the side of the the skyscraper. And I said, I hope they're okay. I hope they're not having a bad night. And then I thought, well, there's no ropes. My eyes aren't deceiving me. And just to make sure that they weren't, I grabbed a magnifying glass from me drawer that I'd keep for me boyfriend at the time. Uh, There was a thing I'd have to do to make sure something was there. Anyway, took it out, and I was looking out the window. I also boxed myself in the face because I thought, is this for real? Am I awake? I was awake. Anyway sure to be true to me own eyes, there was a woman stuck to the side of the building. And I thought, what's she doing? And you wouldn't believe she'd raise her wrist and this stuff would come out. And then she'd, elevate her crotch and this other stuff would come out and she'd move to the next pint, on the next building and every night at the same time I'd get up and I'd watch her and I thought to myself I would love to know what this woman is about I'd love to have a chat with her and see what the story is, and part of me was jealous because I wanted to be doing that. See, my boyfriend at the time, he was working away in the hospital in Chicago with all the boys. Oh, there was some of them that looked like George Clooney from ER, and oh, the whole lot and Doctor Kovach, and oh. Oh, and Dr. Green and Dr. Benton. Oh, Dr. Benton. Oh, yeah. Oh. So he was off doing his thing. And I thought, I'm bored. And I'm living the life. Got all the money coming in, all his wages coming in, and me spending it on knickers and fine leather and underwear. But I wanted to do what this one was doing. So I made it my business to try and track her down. And what brought this on, this urge on, to tell the story was when I was listening to the podcast last week, it made me think, oh, you know, we have a heart that beats and all these bits going on inside us, all the liquids and the slitty slossies and the whole lot. And we can't do something like Spider-Man. We can't use any of the liquidy stuff. And we can't scale the buildings. Why use that, lads? That's useless. And when I'd seen that woman... Being very resourceful with what she had. It really changed my outlook. And this is why I simply had to track her down. So I hung around the cafes for 72 hours and I'd stayed there all night. And my boyfriend, he'd be calling the pay phones next to the cafes going, are you still waiting for her? He goes, are you sure you're not imagining something? He was like, do you want me to check your eyes, love? Or I'll get you to the optician here in the hospital. He'll have a look at you, love. I was like, I know you're grand. You're grand. Leave me alone. I'm having my... 19, coffee today, love. I'll see you later. So that was what we'd say to each other. After the 72 hours I gave up, I'd given everything. I'd even kept my eyes open with matchsticks. Oh, I kept looking and looking and waiting and waiting. And I couldn't, I couldn't find her. Couldn't figure it out. So, returned home, had a shower, the whole lot. And then, I went to the laundress on the Sunday, as usual, brought all his dirty stuff, me own dirty stuff. And there was this woman, she had this big, big bag full of stuff, full of stuff. And I noticed there was this goo... Just go over everything. Go on her pants. Go on her tops. Go everywhere. And the smell of it. Oh, God. And I'd go this time on a Sunday that wasn't particularly busy. And she would go as well at the same time, which she she later told me. And it was so that she could wash her stuff without people saying, I'm sorry, love, but could you go to another laundrette because I can't breathe or I'm thrown up. And I had to take a closer look at her. And lo and behold, it was your one. Your one stuck to the building. Oh, Oh, I can't believe it. The luck of this. I feel like I've won $6 billion. And I tapped her on the shoulder. I didn't want to alarm her. I could barely breathe at this point because, oh, my God, the stuff she had in the bag. Oh, my God. boss curiosity got the better of me now, just like it does the cash. <laughs> and... She turned around a bit moody, a bit moody to be interrupted. And I thought, what's she got stuck up her hall? And she said, what? I said, look, love, I just have, I have a question. I'm curious about something as all. Do you mind? And she was like, well, I have washing to do, you know. And I was like, so do I. And she was, okay, ask me, ask away then. So we sat down on the table, and uh, I said to her, are you the one I've been seeing swinging from building to building at night? And her face, it turned the color of ash, and she tilted her head to the side just summing me up having a good old gatch having a good old look you could tell she was was trying to figure out will I tell her now do I trust her is she a cop is she a copper or does she work for the FBI She was eyeing me up. And I always looked a business. Slick as fuck. Oh, I looked hot that day, even on a Sunday. Pure hot. Oh, the boys, they would be looking at me dying on the street. they They were like, oh, what's your number? Give us your number. I'd be like, no, boys. I'm taken. And I did look cool enough... To maybe be a cop in her civvies on a Sunday. But, you know, yeah. I had the brown belt on, like they all wear. Like they all wear on their time off. The brown belt. Brown leather belt and the sexy jeans. And the boots. The cool boots. The cool brown boots. Like Chelsea boots. And you know the shirt on, bit tight. You know tucked in. You know, oh, I looked the business. The hair was nice. Bit of makeup, not too much. Yeah, me lips look good. So I could have, I could have been what she thought I was. I said to her, "Look, I'll, allevi- I'll alleviate your worries right here. I'm not a copper." And I don't work for the FBI, even though I'm wearing the brown belt. All right? And I saw her relax. She loosened up. Uh, yeah. I could tell she was pawing in my hands then. It was going to tell me stuff. It was going to get good. So I repeated the question. I said, listen, are you your one at the side of the building, hanging off, doing all the acrobatics, you know? And she said, um, yeah, what about her? And I said, all right, we're getting somewhere now. And I said, look, I'm curious because I wouldn't mind doing a bit of that myself. Have you got some kind of, is there some kind of science behind it? How do you do it? Is there something I can buy? Like super glue or whatever, how do you do it? How do you stick to the side of it? And she said, and her voice got really quiet at, at this point because she was going to tell me a pretty big secret. She said to me, I got the stickies so bad, I have to wear dissolvable knickers. Have you ever heard of that? And I thought to myself, what a funny way to open up. What a funny way to start your confession. And I thought, I've never heard of the stickies. What are the stickies? And never heard of dissolvable knickers. This is mad. And she said, I've had the stickies so bad ever since I was a young girl. And I had to find some way of dealing with it. I had to find some way of redirecting it or somehow to make use of it. And she went on to tell me how, from a really young age, she used to have to get a spatula every evening and use a whole tub of Vaseline trying to scrape her underwear off. I thought, God, that's a terrible face. I can't imagine anything. And she said when she'd go to summer college as a teenager, the embarrassment when she was sharing a dorm. And all of them would have a spatula and be trying to take off her underwear. And she knew she had to do something. And the minute she turned 18 and she had enough money saved off from all of her part-time jobs while she was at school, she was going to do something about it. So... So from all her research, she ended up going to a very, very intelligent professor in Nanjing and there's university there and himself and a few other professors. They, they do things like pollution control and resource reuse, which is really what she was looking for. They do mineral deposits research, which was connected to one of her problems, coordination chemistry and solid-state microstructures. All of these kind of rang the bell for her. And so she went over to these lads and they sorted her out. And she also paid a trip after having a sit down and a chat with these professors to this group of very famous uh, ping pong girls in Bangkok. And they helped her with uh, the redistribution of the stickies and how to use certain muscles and all that kind of stuff. So... With the marriage of the professors, with their knowledge, married with the knowledge of the, the ping pong girls, she ended up being parkour discharge woman, which is how she referred to herself. And they even came up with the dissolvable knickers for her so she wouldn't have to deal with the spatula. And I asked her, okay, that's all well and good, and you found a way to redirect it, and it's very healthy and very, very interesting, if you don't mind me saying, love. But is there anything else you do? And I was thinking to myself, you know, does she fight crime, or does she do anything useful with her? And I said, look, you know, we all know the story of Spider-Man and what he does with his superpowers, were you influenced by what Spider-Man chooses to do? Do you do anything like that? She said she considered many different uses for it and she wanted to see initially after learning how to redistribute it if she could make some money, some big bucks, big, big bucks from it. So she looked first at heavy, heavy, Heavy industrial use. Oh, we're talking factories, construction sites, the whole lot, they bought up some of her. She still had a massive surplus. Massive. And then she started selling it to stationery shops. Uh, people were using it. Instead of blue tack for the walls, sticking up pictures, posters of hot buys, calendars with hot buys in it. So it was a good use instead of the blue tack and all the sticky stuff you'd be using on the walls. And then for a while there, uh, the cops and FBI agents, they were using it for gum they'd buy it in bulk and make chewing gum out of it. And it lasted longer than than chewing gum. They'd just put a bit of mint in it or a bit of peppermint, give it a bit of that that tang, the tangy taste off it. And that kept them going while they were solving all their crimes and doing all the paperwork in the office. And, you know, they'd be having bits of gum in between having a coffee or a tea, And then, here's the real thing, then the surgeons, they started to use it to put skin back together after a gash or a cut, instead of stitches, they were calling it there for a while, the sellotape of the skin, or the pritch stick of the skin, and it saved nurses an awful lot of time, you know, instead of sewing up the skin. That they'd be using this the gunk, her goo, and that was that was very very handy, so it was, but how she made the big big box as well as through the hospitals instead of of doing the stitches is she developed uh an eco-friendly glue for envelopes. She had a massive, oh, groundbreaking, it was in all the magazines, the business magazines at the time, groundbreaking deal with post offices all over the world. And this made her very wealthy, got her a nice penthouse apartment in Chicago, overlooking the whole city, the whole lot, overlooking an alley... Ah, big box, big box. She loved it, loved it. And this gave her the time, you know, to figure out what other uses she would have because there was still surplus. We're talking big surplus here, lads. To be honest, I felt like she was slightly avoiding my question. So I put it to her again. And this is as she was folding some towels and folding some trousers and skirts and the laundress. And she thought she got away with it. She was looking a bit smug. And I said to her, got right into her ear, and I said, so what you do is you're swinging around, love. And you're hopping from window to window, building to building. What are you doing? What are you doing? And she said, well, there's a few reasons here. Uh, she said the first reason that I swing around, well, I've always had this thing uh, from a very young age, which is no matter where I look, even first thing in the morning, I could open the curtains in my bedroom or look out the, the bathroom window after having a leak or down in the kitchen, looking through the window. Or I could be at someone else's house, looking out through the window. And what do I see? No matter what country I'm in, what time of the morning, one magpie. And he's there, looking at me like a gull. she said. And she said, that's very bad luck. Very bad luck. And I... Remember thinking to myself, she said if I ever get a chance I'll give him one smack I'll give that gal a smack and I'm pretty sure it's the exact same one I'm seeing every single time now the lads at Nanjing uni did have you think the opposite they have a different belief in the east as they do to the west about one magpie. One magpie to them's good luck. One magpie to us So, whatever. So one of the things I do, and the first reason I do is, is I catch up to them, and I give them a smack. I give it a smack. If it's on its own, I say, where are your friends by? Where are they? Get at least one other, if you're going to be looking at me. And I really think that's my main motivation and I'll never stop until I have every single one of them travelling around on their own, giving them a smack, telling them what they need to be doing, bringing around one other. That was fine. That was the first reason. And the second reason is, uh, well, it is very simple, really. It's like... The same reason that Spider-Man does it. It's so I can spy on naked people. Naked men in my case. And I always get them at the sweet spot straight after work. And they come back and it's this universal thing they all do. Buddy. They take off their trousers... They leave their socks on, their boxers on, and the first two or three buttons open under their shirts. Oh. Like Tom Cruise from Risky Business. Oh, gets me every time. And they do their thing then. They're sitting on their couch or... They're eating their spaghetti in their boxers and their shorts and their shorts. Oh, I zip along from building to building looking in at those finers, finers. Oh, 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 oh. Listen to me hot Bahal. Oh. Reason number three, she said. Ah, oh, to give myself a good blowout. A good air out. or to feel the wind between me legs and beneath me bum. Oh, it's so satisfying. Oh, you wouldn't believe it, Nola. You wouldn't believe it. And I was thinking, this is uh, this is getting very poetic. And I had a question for her, a straightforward question, but it was important for me to notice. this. And I said, so at what time of the day do your knickers dissolve, those dissolvable knickers that you talked about? I'm curious to know. And she said very straight up 2357 and she said they disappear and then i go off again the walls and i'm happy as larry